0: Hi there, it's Caroline Forn from Owning It, the Anxiety podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please do follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. The sooner we all get on board with these measures, the sooner we will be all together again. While you're staying at home, here's a recommendation for another great podcast for you to listen to. I think we need a bit of comic relief more than ever, so why not try the Two Johnnies podcast available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello then welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and what a week it has been for Newcastle United. I'm joined here by our chief sports writer Lee Ryder and Chris Woff. There's no better place to start than the news that Rafa Benitez has confirmed he is staying at Newcastle United. And... What a relief that'll be, Lee, for for the fans together.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really pleased that Newcastle got this announcement out of the way in the past of let things drag on, and I think that really means the anxiety kicks in around the city and people start wondering, oh, is he going to get the money? Is, is he going to get everything he needs? And thankfully, you know, Newcastle they got it done quickly. I mean, we reported on Tuesday night that the, the talks had started and helicopters had been spotted and it was all a bit dramatic but really when you sit down and look at it you you think well should there have been that much drama he's the man for the job the fans love him he's got a proven track record let him get on with the job and I I think um, the best thing's happened
3: I agree Dean I think you've made a crucial point about getting it done quickly I think you just have to look at Arsenal and the uncertainty over Arsene Wenger there and how that's dragging on and destabilising everyone to see that these things really do affect both on and off field issues. We know that the season's over, but Newcastle have a huge summer ahead of them. They've got promoted, but as a lot of people have been saying, that's just the very beginning, and I agree with Lee. He's definitely the man for the job. Thankfully, it seems like Meg realised that. What he's done, rebuilding the club just in the past year, he's going to have to do that again this summer. Players come and players go, and, and the quicker this resol- resolved, the better. And To be fair, and they have gone and done that, and I think that can only be applauded.
1: Did you expect it to move as quickly as it a- has done you know. I mean it's what a couple of days since they won the championship was that something you expect to happen straight away
2: I think once we saw Mike Ashley at the ground and you've seen the picture of them all together with the trophy I think that was a little clue that things were things were okay and then obviously at the reserve game the other night the under 23s Rafa was in the stand with one of the, the administration staff and I think they were running the rule over players contracts and I think that was a very good sign for me. Things were boxes were starting to be ticked, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not too surprised. I just just hope that it's it's not a dramatic sum. I hope it's an exciting one, but I just hope that we see you know smooth uh, business rather than hiccups and arguments and debates about how much money will be spent and how much how much he's got at his disposal. I just hope that it, it all goes smoothly.
3: I think that the fact that it was done. Uh, this quickly I thought it would be done reasonably quickly but I didn't think by the Wednesday after the Sunday would be announced I thought maybe it's next week mm. I'm glad yeah. it was sorted quicker um, it was just interesting look at last summer it took two and a half three weeks before and I know there was a lot more to resolve then. that was after relegation Rafa had to think about things but took a lot longer Then It's just funny that two years in a row we've been sitting here talking about this when there was a new contract signed last summer, but essentially Rafa Benitez had three years left his contract last summer, he's got two years this summer, and we're talking about his future, but that's how important getting these issues resolved. Are. It's not just the fact he has that contract, he needs these reassurances, and it's just it's, it's
1: good to see that it has been resolved in that way. And interestingly, you mentioned last summer and two through three weeks, it's still quite quick, just how important is that um, for other for two North East clubs to get it sorted, like Newcastle did last season or like they have done this summer, to to get the features of their managers tied down and sorted you know, at Borough and Sunderland?
3: I think that's probably the one benefit of getting relegated as soon as they have been, is that you, you do have a bit more time to think about it. It's not pleasant to be relegated with however many points, Sunderland might only finish your early 20s, but David Moyes has already held discussions with Ella Short, it seems, and... Hopefully that will be sorted in their part quickly, and and, so, and Middlesbrough as well. They need to be identifying another manager. I Personally, don't see Steve Agnew's being the man for the job, but whether they decide that or not, I think it, you do need that person in charge. I think the manager is crucial when you go down. You need someone who has a vision of how they're going to get you back, and they need to make decisions either way as soon as possible if they do have ambitions of challenging for comeback back up next year.
1: And Lee Mike Ashley's statement. It's rare that we we actually hear from them, but yesterday he did you know talk about. The money, kind of that Ashley, will, uh, that Berniers will get, and at the end he, he says by other means. What do you understand that to be? I mean, a few fans in social media a bit worried about that.
2: Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a mystery, really, and without being able to to sort of ask him the question, which it would be nice to to get a sit <laughs> down <laughs> with Mike Ashley. Um, I guess we've got to come to our own conclusions, and I, and I think really, if you look at it, they were talking about up to 100 million could be available. You know, we're, we're probably talking about you know players being sold, uh, certain contracts not being re- renewed, like yeah, Anitas and Good Franz. That will save a lot of money um, going forward. And then you know maybe there's something else going on in the background, staff, backroom, you know people going out, people coming in, and basically balancing balancing the books. But you know again, without without being able to put that question directly to Newcastle. Um, or, or indeed mr ashley it, it 's hard hard to answer it if you, if you go back to two thousand ten, I think there was a, a more complex statement came out after promotion don 't know if you remember that uh seven years ago there was a, a long list of what chris shoot could do couldn 't do how they 'd be looking to develop squad players youth players, things like that so I think it's probably will be worth in the coming days. Revisiting that statement and comparing them to now, this one's been a bit more straightforward. But I think really, um, for, for, for Mike Ashley now, I think he'll he'll probably just disappear in the background again. Lee Charnley, Rafa Benitez will just get on with the with the uh, with the job. And you know, maybe the one question mark that I would put over is what what happens next with uh, Chief Scout Graham Carr.
3: That's that's the key thing I think it's the one issue that whenever we've asked a question of Rafa Benitez this year he seemed a little bit spiky about I still don't think things are fully alright there whether it's just a case of the rules need redefined or whether Graham Carr needs to move on. we the answer is we don't really know at this stage but I think that probably is the, the big what if at the moment clearly discussions with Mike Ashley have progressed well whether Graham Carr was discussed you can only assume we don't know that for certain um, but in terms of the other means, yeah, it is. It, as Lee says, it's very much a we have to just draw our own conclusions. And I think that you can just look at any revenue stream really and say potentially Rafa Benitez may, may have gone in and said, look, we, we could do this, we could do that. We know he went in with a detailed plan, a business plan of how he thought the club could progress. And clearly the two of them have come to a compromise, which they think is workable. And I think that's the positive thing about whatever we do discuss about these revenue streams, Rafa Benitez is happy enough to have come out and said, "Look, I'm happy with this. We move forward," and that is a positive. He thinks he can work within the parameters, parameters and we have to
1: take that as a positive. For my Ash, just how easy of a decision would it have been to say, All "Right, yeah, you can have, you know, you can have what you want," kind of thing to Rafa Benitez? Do you think, looking around and seeing S. James Park full every week and success that this season has been, do you think it was just an easy decision? I think it should have been, whether it was,
3: it looked, as Lee said, there were the photos of him after the game, Mike Ashley looked happy at the ground, but this is a man who none of us really, we haven't had that sit down with him, we do haven't had that contact with him, he seems to be quite an unpredictable man, so we can't say that for certain, you presume having seen that and haven't seen the job that Rafa Benitez has done and what he could in theory do, what he's done in the past with other clubs he'd have thought it was an easy decision but I think that that as long as uh, Mike Ashley is owner of this football club he's always going to be the big what if there's always going to be doubts and question marks there because we just don't know he is unpredictable he's made strange decisions in the past but hopefully he has got this right now uh, and that he does allow Rafa Benitez to do what he needs to do and in which case he he will turn around and say that's one of the best decisions I made A employing him in the first place and B making sure I gave him
1: the keys to the castle so to speak Lee obviously previous mistakes, the relationship between the fans and Mike Ashley, we all know it hasn't been pleasant, uh hasn't been all that friendly. But do you think the builder the, the bridges are starting to be rebuilt now?
2: Uh, that's a that's a good question. I, I I think most fans will always think it's Newcastle United, something can go wrong. I mean I've done a piece today and, and Sort of look back at the things that ha- we have had. We've had fan protests. We've had dressing room meltdowns. We've had the press being banned. We've had all all kinds of crazy things going on. We had Dennis Wise. We've had Joe here. I just hope finally that you know Mike's got his man now uh, in Rafa. He can trust him. He, he's, he's not going to waste his money. I think in the past Mike Ashley has been misguided by uh, people like Wise, um, Jeff Fiteri, people like that. Jokin here. I mean, anyone in football realised that, you know, Jokin here, he might be a great guy to go out and have a beer with and reminisce on old football. But to put him in charge of Newcastle United was absolutely crazy. It wasn't even that long ago. Let's let's be honest, only a few years ago. So I do fear that there's a there's a Joker in the pack that sometimes can be played. Uh, I hope nothing happens to Rafa like did with Kevin Keegan in 2008 when he Got made assurances he didn't get them, he ended up walking out. I would hate to see something like that happen. So that's me looking negatively, looking positively. I, th- I think you let Rafa get on with the job, goes out, gets the players he needs, wheels and deals, if you like. I know managers don't like that term, but they know what I mean. I think, in terms of the squad he needs, he, he, as I've said before, it's not about Man United, Man City, Liverpool, even Everton teams like that. It's a about the Stokes the West Broms the Bournemouth the Southamptons, getting results in those key games and then obviously beating the teams at the bottom and get a, a mid-table position I think Rafa's more than capable of leading Newcastle at that but knowing Rafa as we do he would probably get to maybe February in the, sitting in the middle of the table and he would probably want more so I think it's an exciting time but as I say you've always got to have that little bit of caution
3: and Just to add to what Lee said I think the the thing that Mike Ashley should be grateful for is that if Benitez hadn't have stayed last summer, it would have been meltdown, and it would have yeah. that would have been completely the end of it. And if if Rafa was to walk this summer as well, it would have been exactly the same. He's yeah. had that potential for bridges to be built by Rafa staying last year. If it hadn't, then it would have been total chaos last summer, and he almost avoided the chaos of relegation by Rafa yeah. staying.
2: I mean, let, let's be honest. Did they have a choice with Rafa this summer? Could they have said, "We're not going to give you the money. We're going to bring in a Nigel Pearson or whoever"? Um, did they have the choice to do that? They didn't really because the fans would have went absolutely crazy. It's finally it's peaceful at the moment in the city. I've done it as I say, I've done that piece yesterday and I went up to the ground people like sitting outside, having a beer, going to the club shop, how it should be exactly. And I would I'd love it to stay like that this summer and for that feel good fact that I just you know snowball a bit and hopefully it
1: can. And we talked about the success Sunday and what what world win day. I mean, you guys must have thought, yeah, we're winning 3-0, but you know, <laughs> it's just going to be second. Then what, Maybe 30 seconds later, and all, all hell broke loose. I mean, can you sum it up? I mean, how did it feel?
2: Well, I think looking at it from a, from a journalist's point of view, we knew what could happen. I think what put most of the the press lads at ease was it was a twelve o'clock kickoff, so you didn't have the extra tension of the the midweek deadline yeah. where you've only got like you know a few moments to get your thoughts together and get your piece across, so we knew that we were in control of that, but really, I think once Dwight Gale had scored, I think everyone thought yeah it's been a good day we'll finish second it's been a good season, but then all of a sudden. The, it filtered through that Villa had scored. Funnily enough, when there was a false alarm, wasn't there? First half, it was
3: bizarre, yeah. wasn't
2: it? <laughs> there was a false alarm, and then the internet went down, so really you couldn't check what was going on. Uh, and then obviously, it got confirmed that you know there'd been no goal at Villa. Um, but then when it went around the second time, I was a little bit, ooh, and then I checked and I was like, right, well, this could happen here. Yeah. So it was nail biting, a few moments, wasn't it? But great scenes, and great the way it happened that. It was all over at St James's, and we're just waiting for that result to come through. And to to be able to see the live reaction of the players on the pitch, I thought it was a re- really nice moment. And they sealed sealed promotion in front of their own fans and they won the title in front of their own fans. Brilliant.
3: It was brilliant. I think that, that when you talk about seeing the players, they were genuinely ecstatic as well, yeah. which I think says a lot about this squad. It is what Rafa has built. This is, the, this is a real team spirit there. You compare it to the team of last year. And by the end of the season, yes, obviously it was a relegation season. But by the end of the season, you could see the disharmony there and whatnot. I think it was it was it was a bizarre day, really, just because I went into the day thinking that I, I, I thought Newcastle would win the title because I thought. I didn't see Brighton winning, but once Brighton had gone ahead, I'd totally given up hope in the second half. I was ready, I was writing everything. I was thinking, that, right, this is, it's been a, I was ready, right, it, it was, been a great season. Don't be the fact that I haven't won the title. I nearly got there. And then obviously everything changed and it was, it was, it was the roar, I think, from that, yeah. the, the, the Villa goal. It was the loudest roar of the afternoon and it was, the place was rocking, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, well, they were already celebrating the, the Gale goal and I think they were getting excited about the, Newcastle going up suddenly going down song, and then it just kind of filtered and I've seen a few videos on Facebook and Twitter and it's great stuff and I think any like younger fan who's there will remember that forever basically I mean I've seen a few Newcastle teams get promoted now uh, three times in my lifetime and that was probably um the most exciting one at St James' Park
3: and they're making a habit of uh, exciting final days aren't they in terms of uh, leaving it at the end and then getting big results
2: yeah they are and I think Mike actually saves himself to (laughs) to turn up for them games (laughs) doesn't he Um, and you you could see he was actually looked like he was enjoying being at a football match again I mean whether he'll ever go back to Mike in the away end having a beer with the fans I don't know if they win a trophy maybe maybe
1: they will that would would certainly be nice (laughs) Um, but one thing I noticed was, you know, obviously in the past few weeks, months even, Rafa has played down the title. It's all been about promotion. But did you guys notice the way he acted, obviously, when he had the title? Did he let his guard down a little bit? He looked looked very happy, obviously, for obvious reasons.
0: This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love.
3: Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. Feed your brain with ideas from the cheerful book club. You'll find us on the excellent ACAST app or wherever else you get your podcasts.
0: ACAST is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: When he was lifting the title, and I mean, what, what did you guys read into you know, Rafa's reaction on, on Sunday? I think he
3: did let us go down a little bit, and I think that it was just the joy of doing it. I think he probably, like everyone else, had given up midway through the second off. he's not someone who settles for second He said all the way through, "Look, promotion was the goal, which it was." But he's a winner at the end of the day; that's what he is. And and as much as it isn't a top division, the last time he won a league was Valencia in 2004, so he hadn't actually won. He'd, he'd won a lot. He's won a lot of trophies, but I think that he wanted to be able to say, "Look, I've come to England. I can do that." And I think that for him, it was it was justification and and for all of what's been thrown his way this year he doesn't understand the championship. Library. Newcastle should be walking, uh, running away with this. And I think that he was just—it was just showing. Look, we—we've done what we needed to do, and I, he's genuinely proud that he's given that to supporters. Lee, what did what did you make?
2: Yeah, I think uh, he, he's an emotional guy, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's a proper football guy. He, re, he reads everything. I think that gets said about yeah, him, which is. can be healthy or unhealthy, whatever way you look at it. But I think for Rafa. He's a winner, as you say. He, he wants to have everything perfect. And once one wins out the way, it's focused on the next. He never gets too far ahead of himself. What I've noticed with some managers down the years, I mean, Alan Pardew being the, the prime example, when Newcastle finished fifth, I think possibly he got a little bit carried away with, you know, he won the two manager of the year awards, which was good for him. But I think he got possibly a little bit carried away at the time seven year contract. Don't don't know if that was warranted. And then obviously the next season nearly got relegated. I don't think Rafa would ever get himself in that position where he gets, you know, too too full of himself. Even when in the Champions League, I think he was talking about dedicating it to the players and the fans and all that sort of stuff. And was there not a moment when he went up to get his medal and he pointed around the stadium yeah, to the too. to the fans, saying that's for you So yeah, I think there's um so a lot can be said about uh, Rafa as, as as a manager, as a bloke, as a human being, and uh, I think he's been
1: fantastic and long may to continue. That's obviously the hard work for next season. Well, we've already started, but with the confirmation he is staying, you know, attention turns to transfers, incomings, outgoings, and those players who have returned from alone, um, you know, people are asking already about their future. So, obviously, we've got Tim Krul, the uh, Jong yeah uh, and obviously Adam Armstrong as well I mean, we'll start with Cruel, what do you see happening with, with Tim Cruel? Well from
2: what I understand is that Rafa is, is looking at the goalkeeping situation um, I don't even think Caldalo's guaranteed to be staying as it stands, so I think Rob Elliott's fine, he's on a long term contract, He's he's kind of a goalkeeper who wants to battle for his place I think he's happy with that knows he's not guaranteed number one I think with Carl Dallow he'd probably be disappointed if he's not number one next season so does that leave that open for possible transfer back to Tim Krull, you know last season uh, injured this season had problems getting the Ajax set up but did he go there just to to get fit to set up that move to Alkmaar I don't know it seems a bit weird yeah. Uh, I, I think he's played for Alkmaar he's got the cup final with them. but this is a kid who we were linking with Tottenham Arsenal Barcelona As at Alkmaar does not seem to me like the destination for a top top goalkeeper Rafa will take that into consideration whether he reports back for pre-season training we'll wait and see but really with one year left in his contract if Newcastle get a decent offer for him then I think he could be gone
1: would be you Chris De Jong obviously He's had a horrid time on tight side. There's no doubt in his ability, but he just seems to be very injury-prone. But he has got a lot of games under his belt this season over on Holland. Uh, what do you make of his situation?
3: Yeah, it's, it's another interesting one. He's someone who still has a good few years left in his contract. Um, he was signed and originally he was going to be the new Johan Gabay. Part of you talked about building a team around him, as we say, just, it just didn't happen, injuries. And then he just couldn't really pick up form in the end. I think he needed that move for, for this season be it to either further himself for for career or, so, or in order to just reinvigorate himself it wasn't I don't think the championship was the environment for him um, I think the physicality of the league the fact that he had to regain fitness anyway I think he had to go back to the Netherlands to do that in the second half of the season he has flourished here he particularly had a purple patch he scored a lot of goals and he seems to be doing well number 10 is one position I think Newcastle really do need to strengthen maybe they've got someone there who Rafa might look at and think he, he, he's someone who could do could do a bit of a role there, we know he has vision we know he has the ability to score from midfield I think it's it's a case again of of, of Benitez will have been watching all the videos of him, he'll have been getting his scouts to assess what he can see from De Jong and I think he's certainly someone who, who could be a squad member, I think Newcastle will be looking to strengthen that position, but I think he's someone who in the Premier League, if he is fully fit, would would give you an option and he covers a few positions and I know Benitez does rate him, at least he's a player he can be if he is fully fit
2: I, I, I see him as a player that would probably come back and be content to be a squad member mm-hmm. to begin with and have the opportunity to fight for his place. I think, from Rafa's point of view, there's there's worse players you could have in the background than Sim De Young. Mm-hmm. He's not the poisonous type of character. He he could help the youngsters. And he, he, you know, he has got a goal in him for all... I think he has still scored a few goals for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Not loads, but when he has been fit and when he's been on the pitch, he knows where the net is, so... Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too disappointed to see him back in the squad next season. And I think he's a decent guy. I think he'd have, he'd be hungry. He'll have a point to prove. Um, but by the same token, he has got a few years left in his contract, and you probably could pick up a decent fee. So going back to other means, no, uh, yeah. that could be one of them. So
3: it's, it's an interesting one which you. You that as well because you say it could be other means. You could say, and then, but then the other side, of the argument could say. If you do sell them, we're probably going to need someone. Yeah. So you've got to assess if we can get this X amount of money, is that going to be more than if we sign someone? I think that's the interesting thing about the Anita and Gufran argument as well. I mean, Gufran, personally, I don't see the value of keeping that. But Verne, no. Anita, to sign the Verne, Anita, a player who's probably only going to be a squad member but covers a few positions, I think you're talking five to 10 million now. You're gonna have to sign a lot of players anyway. Is it better to just give someone a contract? That's that's all these things that that Rafa will have been weighing up and say, and speaking to Mike Ashley with his business plan.
2: Yeah, I think it, Anita is a good example because Anita, for me, again, he's a bit like De Jong. He would be a good squad member. Gouffran, I mean, just looks like he's he's run his race for Newcastle. He's been miserable this season off the pitch, especially in the interview area. Yeah. I think you've asked him a few times mm-hmm. for a few interviews, and he's he's turned it down for me that as a player that isn't connected with everything that's going on around him somebody who consistently turns down interviews uh, for me doesn't really doesn't really fit in at Newcastle because I think it's part of your job as a footballer you've got to talk to the press doesn't matter which journalist you've got to talk to someone get your message out Gufran's been reluctant to do that and for me I think not just on the interviews thing he just has that he has that look around him that he's, he's done at Newcastle and We'll see what happens, but uh, we'll not. If he does stay, we'll not be expecting too many interviews next season, <laughs> <laughs>
1: especially after this. One <laughs> person I want to focus on is Adam Armstrong. You wrote an article, I think it was yesterday, about uh, a group of youngsters to look like out for yeah. pre-season. Obviously, Armstrong, big things expected from him. He's come back from that loan, Barnes. so I know, he scored a wonder goal. He won. I think it won goal the season for for Barnes, but he didn't exactly hit the ground. You know, running. He hasn't scored mm. that many goals. What
2: do, you, what do you see the future holding for, for Adam? I, th- I think with his season at Coventry was fantastic, wasn't it? Oh, and yeah. I think everybody thought, right, he's done League One, he's going to the Championship, and I think people expected something similar to that. That hasn't quite happened. Uh, he's still very young. Uh, he's desperate to play for Newcastle. He's desperate to be the next you know, big star at Newcastle. Um, good lad, Good good attitude. I'm just wondering, though... Do you go from playing for Barnsley the bottom end of the Championship to straight into the Premier League and scoring 15-plus goals a season? I don't think you do. I think he might have to go back out on loan. I don't think it would be the worst thing for him. Uh, another Championship club, maybe one that suits him a bit better, where he's a bit more comfortable. I'm not going to throw Sunderland's name into it because that would be too <laughs> controversial. But you know, maybe, maybe a Leeds United or something like that. Um, go and get ten to 15 goals in the championship and then see what happens next season but pre-season he will have a have an opportunity I would imagine and pre-season can be a funny thing sometimes you can come in have a couple of good games and then all of a sudden Roland done it a couple yeah. of years ago uh, he had a fantastic pre-season in New Zealand and in Germany at preseason tournament at Schalke and then all of a sudden he was first team regular until he got injured obviously uh, so maybe th- there's an opportunity for that as well but a player that I wouldn't be giving up on too, too much just yet
3: I think it would be fair on him as well at, at Barnsley first half of the season he wasn't necessarily starting as much as he probably liked mm. Sam Wendell and then Barnsley basically was safe by January which for them was a great achievement they saw a lot of players and then suddenly Armstrong was into a team whereby it was it was depleted and they had already played for their goal and then during the second half of the season Barnsley just really had given up and for the second half at St James that, that was true as well and I think so in, in that sense I think Lee's right I think he needs to go to a club I think championship again I think even if it's just six months and then see from there see in, in January how he's going uh, go to a, a middle to the top end of the table someone who's going to be challenging for the playoffs somewhere. He's, they're going to create chances for him he's going to get that opportunity and hopefully the goals will start really flowing
1: again like they did when he was at Coventry Fantastic and just to go back to that article you wrote on the youngsters is there anyone you know, that you think will stand out this this
2: summer yeah well it depends on I mean I think the under 23s will have their own pre-season trip but you always get one or two coming through uh, obviously last summer was Jamie Sterry wasn't it he mm. got a few opportunities in pre-season I think Armstrong was part of it as well but you know he played in the early couple of games of the championship yeah he came on a couple of times yeah. um, so th- this this year to be honest there's, there's quite a few decent one decent youngsters in there that I think i have got a chance. Uh, I, th- I think really Sean Longstaff, for me, is a very interesting one. He's been up in Scotland to Kilmarnock. He's got goals in him. He can play in a holding midfield position as well. Uh, I think his contract is up, so I'm going to be interested to see what happens with that. But physically, he looks like he can handle the, the kicks and the knocks of professional football. He's got through the season up in Scotland... I'd love to see Newcastle really give him a decent contract and, and give him a chance and to, just to be in and around things. He might go back out on loan, I don't know, but if you're asking me in pre-season someone I'd like to see, get an opportunity to go in with all the first-team uh, members, it would be uh, Longstaff. I
1: think he's a decent, uh, decent shout. For you, Chris, Rolando Arons, you know he's working back to full fitness. How important is this summer going to be? For him to to
3: get back back on track, uh, it's going to be very important. I think the 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 best thing that could happen to Rolando Harris is just having a few months where he's injury free. We know the talent that he possesses. Every time he goes on the the pitch, Newcastle fans are excited by him, and rightly so, because he is an exciting winger. He's got tricks in him. He's got the ability to beat a man. He's got the ability to score. And whenever he has played for Newcastle, he has offered something. It's just keeping it's just staying fit. He's had a rotten run of injuries, similar to CM Diong. And I think at the age that he's at, it's crucial at that age that you are getting consistent games. He needs to stay injury-free. Hopefully pre-season goes well. He'll recover from his current injuries, come back fully refreshed, really get the opportunity to hit the ground running. He's someone who could certainly see the first few months of the season being a great impact player off the bench. And then later on, I think he could even break into the first team. He is exciting. He is a talent. And as long as he can stay fit, I think he is someone who will have a big future.
1: Fantastic, and just finally to, to finish off, I just want to get your <coughs> um, your most kind of memorable moment of the season uh, for you, Chris. What would it what would it be? Well, I'm going to go
3: for a slightly strange one. Norwich would be the obvious example, but actually I'm going to go for for Bristol City away and the final whistle I haven't won that game because me and Lee had travelled for nine months with Newcastle, i to see them away win from ho- uh, win away from home. Rafa even at the end of last season, basically with a few games to go, said the away form is something I don't think I can sort out by the end of the season. Put it on the back burner, and I remember the start of the season being really positive, then going and sit in the Craven Cottage, everything unfolding the way it did, and thinking, oh, I'm not sure about away form. But <laughs> the, the the final whistle, at Bristol City, when they won that game, battled hard. At that point was when I really thought, you know, they they are going to do something special this season. And the fact they went on to break the the away record, that was the first moment where it happened. And for me, that was, that was pivotal, and I will
2: remember that moment.
1: For you,
2: yeah, so so many special memories really from from a, a season that we'll look back on. And you know, when you, the dust settles, there'll probably be a few more that crop out, But for me, I, I, the Brighton away game was was crucial, mm. really. Which well, it turned out to be crucial, and when Perez slotted that winner in, there was almost, there wasn't that many Newcastle fans there, that man, was there? there was about yeah. 1,600 maybe, yeah. and it was a long midweek game, and when that winning goal from Perez went in, there was like 10, felt like 10 seconds of silence yeah. around the stadium, and it was like, oh, we've won this, and we didn't really expect to, and then that was a, a bit of a, one of the twists and turns in the, the, in the title race, uh, it was just a nice moment where you thought we're nearly there, well obviously we weren't, but, as it for, for that n- moment in the night I'll look back on that one and think yeah great uh, great time great away of win, and uh, as it turned out crucially finishing ahead of Brighton it proved to be a key moment if you look at the league table now
1: so I just remember Matt Richard putting that ball across and me shouting no <laughs> he did it with my head in my hands it proves just how much I know about football um, thank you very much for joining us on the Everything's is Black and White podcast head over to chronicle.live to keep up to date with all Newcastle United News.
0: Hi there, it's Caroline Foran from Owning It, the Anxiety podcast, and this is a Staycast from ACAST. Please, please, please do follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. The sooner we all get on board with these measures, the sooner we will be all together again. While you're staying at home, here's a recommendation for another great podcast for you to listen to. I think we need a bit of comic relief more than ever. So why not try the Two Johnnies podcast available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts.